Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So when we're feeling lonely, scared, hurt, that's our body trying to get us to go in a different direction. I'm embedded in the process. Problem is the solution, and it's such, such a counterintuitive invitation to think like it's through this doorway that I'm going to repair. But if you don't take it, you're left with the distance ever increasing, and that's what's so sad. People think they fall out of love. It's just that the distance gets too great, and then before you know it, you have to defend yourself when your needs are not getting met, and those defenses take over, the mistrust takes over, and before you know it, you don't look anything like that honeymoon period. And learn new moves. Attention is the oxygen of a relationship. You know, you have two little kids. If you don't have time to check in with each other before you know it the lists take over the day and the distance creeps back in we were not designed to deal with fear alone and yet that's what's happening in disconnection it's easy to be to love when everything's going well but we need love the most when it's not going well dear young married couple you're in a busy season of your life you're probably working and involved in ministry on top of that you might even be parents or students you're maxed you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. This episode is all about disconnection's powerful invitation. And before we introduce our guest, we have a shout out to give to Bessie and Ollie who left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. They said, this is the best podcast to be encouraged, grounded, and grow. I love to just listen on shuffle while I'm in the car, at home, etc. Thank you so much for what you do, Carissa and Adam. Yeah, thank you guys. We are so honored to have George Fowler on the podcast today. He was a firefighter at Ground Zero during 9-11. Through his own struggles, with dealing uh, with the aftermath of what happened, he became a therapist and now is helping tons of people through his books and his podcast Mm -hmm. with their relationships. And so it was such an honor to have him on the podcast because we've benefited from his materials that he's written. He's an EFT trainer and that's emotionally focused therapy. And so we try to incorporate a lot of those tools into our work with couples. Um, And so this episode is all about one of his candy stick topics, which is Disconnection's Powerful Invitation. 
We are so excited to have you today on the podcast, George Faller, um, highly qualified. We, we're going to jump right into our first question because I think with the title of this podcast, people are probably wondering, like, how does disconnection offer a powerful invitation? My, if I'm disconnected from my spouse, how on earth is that going to be a, a powerful opportunity? So if you could just start by answering that question and then we'll go from there. Well, thanks for having me. Nothing like jumping right into a hard question, right? Let's answer that one. But, you know, I think God created us with emotions for a reason. And when we're disconnected, there's something redemptive about everything we experience. So when we're feeling lonely, scared, hurt, that's our body trying to get us to go in a different direction. It's all about learning how to communicate. And what we find as therapists is often the vulnerability in their struggles that we need love the most. And what's so sad, so many couples never get love in these places. So learning how to talk from those places really opens up a doorway into where we need love in the most powerful way. Yeah. Wow. So if someone finds themselves in that disconnected position where they're saying, man, I'm lonely, I'm hurt, I need love, what would be a good first step for them to get those needs met? Well, it's great if they're noticing that, right? Naming it and noticing mm-hmm. it is the first step because so often we, it, it turns from I'm hurt to you're a jerk right. for hurting me, right? And once it, it goes into that more defensive, angry, or I'm walking away from you, it's really hard right. to get our needs met. So can we send more clear, direct signals instead of these indirect mm-hmm. that often happen in uh, couples in defensive right. places? You mentioned vulnerability. Um, I think, which is the, probably the hardest thing to do when we're in that place of you're a jerk or opening up, you know, f- you, you just were called a jerk and you're like, you know, babe, I have this fear deep down. Like <laughs> we, 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 we don't yeah. go to there very quickly, do we? No, it feels like it's, it's bad timing, right? It's when your partner doesn't feel so safe is when you need to talk mm-hmm. in this vulnerable way. And yet, you know, no risky, no getty. If you don't risk it and you don't talk about it, you're not going to actually get what you're needing in those places. So, and the good news is we don't have to have these conversations all the time, but some of the time it's really important. The research says 30% of the time you have to be able to kind of anticipate and to share and to respond to each other's needs to develop that secure, wow. strong okay. bond. But most of the couples that I see, it's way mm. less than 30%. And then, wow. then you're in trouble. So, so just to make sure I'm understanding that correctly. So 70% of the time, things could go as usual where you're not really identifying and, and connecting in a healthy way. But as long as 30% of the time you're following the model, then you'll be That's in good right. shape. Hmm. Yeah, that's John Gottman talks about master and disaster right. couples, right? The only difference is that ability to repair. If you can't talk about your vulnerable feelings, you can't repair. So couples that are avoiding these conversations, they're losing the greatest tool necessary, right? That so ability and to that's repair. the invitation, right? That's the invitation. And it's such, such a counterintuitive invitation to think like, it's through this doorway that I'm going to repair. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take it, you're left with the distance ever increasing. And that's what's so sad. People think they fall out of love. It's just that the distance gets mm-hmm. too great. 
And then before you know it, you have to defend yourself when your needs are not getting met and those defenses take over, the mistrust takes over. And before you know it, you don't look anything like that honeymoon. <laughs> and that's period. what everybody's fearing, right? Because that, that, that itself is a fear. Like, you know, I feel disconnected. I've always wanted to have a close connection with this person and now all of a sudden I don't feel connected to this person. Am I falling out of love? Maybe they're not the one. And then we shut down. Exactly. We shut down because we don't know how to yeah. talk about that fear. So, and especially as men, we don't get a lot of help. You know, we're, that's, that's looks weak and like you're giving people evidence just to reject you. They want strong yeah. and brave and hide these places. And then it just continues to get oh, harder. Could and you harder. talk about that a little bit? Cause I, I know there are a lot of men listening. Um, not as many as women, but there are a lot of men. Um, you know, you've heard the typical like, oh, I just can't please my wife. Nothing I do ever satisfies her. All that, you know, all the, the typical things. Um, what do you often see when men come to you and how could they work to start shifting that to getting their own needs met and feeling connected? Right. I, I like to pace the process in that I don't even use the word vulnerability because who wants to be vulnerable? That's, that's a word that doesn't work for most men. So I use the word being authentic, just being present, yeah. being real. And it is about men are a lot better at this than people realize. So many of their moves when just about that moment, right before they walk away, they're walking away because they're picking up something. They just don't put words to what they're picking up on. Right. So I just want the guys I'm working with to, to realize, Hey, you know, you noticing the tone change that like this, you're actually a lot better this than you think when you make that laugh at the inappropriate mm -hmm. time, or you try to focus on something positive. These are all brilliant moves that are trying to turn down emotion. And the reason they turn down emotion is because they don't have a lot of success. Most of the time when the emotions high, it's not working out so well for them. So I'm really just trying to empower men and say, Hey, listen, you're actually pretty good at this. And if you have more success, you'll mm -hmm. want to do more of it. As long as it never works out well, you mm -hmm. probably should walk away. But there is something better than mm -hmm. just walking uh, away. And what is better than walking away? Walk us through your model. Like if maybe even share a, a story of somebody that you, you walked through the model with and things actually worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think a lot of couples that I work with, you know, I'll say I'm working with a military couple and it's quite common that say this soldier in a family of origin was taught to be tough right. and not to do emotions. You know, dad probably told if I see you cry, I'll give you mm -hmm. something to cry about. And this ability to turn off feelings is actually how he feels good about himself, how he gets promoted, how he get fits in. I mean, it, it really mm -hmm. works well in a lot of settings. But then before you know it, you're in a relationship or you're in a marriage and your partner wants this emotional presence and you're not really sure mm -hmm. how to do it. Like I remember for me, I was taught not to cry and it worked well until I saw my wife crying. Now all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, wait a second, those tears <laughs> don't feel good. They don't give her a hug. I want to talk mm -hmm. her out of her tears and tell her to focus on a positive. And then she'd get mad at that and that wouldn't work out so well. So I think that's where mm -hmm. the work is. It's trying to honor both people's moves. I do have good reasons why I try to mm -hmm. turn down the emotion. And then 
my wife on the other end has good reasons why if I'm trying to minimize or dismiss it or tell her not to feel that way, why she turns up the heat. But the more she turns it up and I try to turn it down, we're not working out so well right, with each other. Because she's feeling like you're invalidating her emotions and what she's feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just not working. So what would you do in that circumstance? We're talk, kind of talking about that authenticity from a man. Um, what, how would you coach a man that would be in that position seeing his wife crying i've had guys tell me i don't even she wants me to be emotionally vulnerable i don't even know what that means and that's the best place to start i don't know right this this guy knowing what to do is what Mm -hmm. makes him feel safe makes him feel not knowing is actually a pretty tough spot he just Mm -hmm. don't have words for that right so it's really trying to capture that moment right before he turns down emotional walks away it's probably where he's feeling the most stuck he's feeling the most like what he's doing is not working it's it's really a hard moment so i'm really trying to get him to articulate that to be able to say hey i'm walking away not because i don't care i just don't want to stay in this and make things worse say something i might regret right it's actually their way of protecting the relationship to walk away but their partner doesn't get that because it feels so bad to be left in silence yes oh my goodness so so then if they are able to identify that and to actually say i'm walking away because i don't know what to do it's not because i don't care um do they verbalize that to their spouse if their spouse can hear it and they have success, then it starts to head them towards uh-huh. opening up more. But if they share and it blows up, it just retrains that mm. muscle memory to go away. So therapist, I could yeah. jump in in that moment. It's pretty typical when the partner hears something, the wife hears something mm-hmm. new, they don't trust it. And how their body responds to mistrust is to jump in and increase the energy, which is going to be right. bad timing for him. So if, if I jump in and say, whoa, yeah, I get, you know, it's bringing up a lot for you. And you haven't heard your partner saying, you need your partner to know. So when he says, I don't know, that's not really reassuring. And I get that that, that kind of brings up uh-huh. this frustration for you. But back to the husband, if every time you try to hang in there, you're getting messages of frustration and that you're doing it wrong, it makes sense why you want to go away. Giving them permission for wanting to go away as a way of protecting themselves, literally, Taking space makes them feel safer. Taking space for the wife mm-hmm. makes them feel worse. I mean, this is set up where yeah. both people miss each other. But it's hard for wives to recognize that actually going away, because it does such a bad thing to them, actually makes their husband feel safer. Because mm-hmm. going away, things calm down. They can think more clearly. Yeah. There's less pressure. There's a lot in going away yeah, that actually absolutely. works. And I've heard a lot of wives say, you know, I'm okay with him going away as long as he comes back. And I think that's where a lot of um, conflicts go without repair is because he's trying to go away to preserve and to feel safe and then he doesn't come back so she just feels abandoned. Yes, and it's so counterintuitive. When they come back, they want to talk about something different, <laughs> something positive. To come back and have the same fight again, yeah. what's the logic in that? So that's the reasons to not want to circle back, but you're right. That's the one thing that the wife needs and the couple needs to be able to repair to have those tough conversations. But I guarantee you, if men learn to have success coming back, they will mm-hmm. come back a lot more. At the end of the day, this mm-hmm. is a math equation. If the numbers don't add up, you, they're going to keep doing the same old moves. You need yeah. new moves on yeah. both sides. So let's talk new moves. Um, we have your book, True Connection, using the name it model to heal relationships. 
And we've actually utilized a lot of this with couples. And um, so we want you to walk our audience through your name it model. And uh, let's, for the sake of um, uh, just keeping it fun and exciting, let's let's use um, the bedroom as the context for an argument, a sample argument. Or would that work? Yeah, would that work with your name it model? You know, first of all, I just want to normalize that sexual discrepancy. That's where one partner wants right. it more often than the other occurs in 90% mm-hmm. of couples. So that's just par for the course. Yes. We're in different stages, yep. different mm-hmm. states. And yet most couples don't know how to communicate yeah. about differences. Yeah. Right? We grow up in families that mm-hmm. don't talk about it. We hear all these messages about it being bad and you shouldn't mm-hmm. do this and this could happen. So it really working a lot with men, they often don't get feedback from their female partners and other men don't talk about it unless they're kind of bragging. So there's no actually actual information coming their way. Especially in the church, I think. I mean, we've said it before on the podcast, but in the church for men and women alike, it goes from no, no, no to go, go, go without any guidance, really. Right. It's just supposed to be this magical thing that you just like the Hollywood movie. It right. just happens. And yet that sets yes. people right. up for failure. Because their expectations are completely and, and somewhere again, else. Yeah. Right. And they don't hear realistic things like premature ejaculation, mm-hmm. erectile dysfunction. And, you know, I don't know how much yeah. we want to get into it, but and I was shocked when I, I, I recognized that 70 over 70% of women do not have sex during intercourse. Wow. That's not, you talk 90% of men have no idea about that. They, they're, they're taught, you know, mm. it's all about intercourse. And yet over 70% of women so, will not orgasm. Okay, yeah. mm. You said they won't have sex during intercourse. I'm like, yeah. wait, where's he going with this? So they don't orgasm during intercourse. All right, so Got it. Yeah. They don't, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty important yeah, absolutely. information. Right. That, how do we have these conversations that you know and how many women think there's something wrong with them because they're not having an orgasm and and they think they have a problem because they don't want to have sex Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they're not getting anything from it (laughs) there's there's nothing like bad sex to train you not to want to have sex that's kind of good logical reason you know for the body yeah yeah i always i I like to encourage people Uh, peggy kleinplatz wrote this great book on great sex like what are the qualities of great sex all over the world regardless Mm. of culture you know and you start to see these very it's all about being able to be vulnerable be able to emotionally connect feeling attuned feeling creative this sense of being part of something Mm. bigger than yourself people often describe it almost as a spiritual Mm. encounter so it's pretty amazing like there's a lot of science behind what's working and what's right. not working. It's just a matter of getting right. that information yeah, absolutely. out there. And, and being willing to even look, start looking for it, like in acknowledging that there may be a problem in your, in your marriage and mm-hmm. started. Cause I, I think that's, it, that's a big block for some people. They're just, you know, I don't want to think about sex, so I'm not going to try to make it better. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and having an image, I, I talk a lot about this, on my podcast, Full Play Radio, that you, this sense of a healthy sex is in your, you have to integrate your brain, your body, mm-hmm. and your heart. So many people, especially men, are, they're just focused on their genitals. They're, not, they're disconnected yeah. from their heart yeah, right. during sex. 
right? They're in their head worrying about what's happening or what they need to do. They're not. So how do we help people just have more wholesome mm-hmm. an encounter yeah. around sex? So can I turn that question back toward you? (laughs) (laughs) So how do we, how do we have that conversation and open people up? Maybe even when they're conflicted in in some places in their marriage, they're not having great dialogue. Um, You know, there's that pursue or withdraw relationship. And then we're talking about now the bedroom, which is kind of like, yeah, maybe it shifts to, you know, the different, you know, the other side takes it. Maybe the man is becomes the pursuer. The woman becomes the withdrawer in some ways. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's great that you're even name, naming it. There, there's what we call the emotional cycle. And then there's the sexual cycle. And they often are, mm-hmm. they flip. Mm-hmm. So what is it about this, this man who emotionally withdraws, but then sexually he mm-hmm. is the one who's pursuing? And how do we help couples just put, put words to kind of what they do in very predictable yeah. ways, these feedback loops, right? If you could identify the, the position and then you could start helping each person come mm-hmm. up with the new moves, right? So for this man who's emotionally withdrawing, but now sexually pursuing, that sex is a lot more than just mm-hmm. the right. orgasm. I mean, it is one of the only ways men know how to do vulnerability, to kind of let go of the pressures of the world, the mm-hmm. skin to skin. It, it is it, so many needs that often the wives don't understand because they think, you know, they're just using me to have, mm-hmm. have an orgasm, right? But that maybe if that guy was able to put words to how actually important this is, it makes it, you know, that's a, that is yes. emotionally engaging. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's say, let's take this, um, you know, this typical argument, 90% of couples, 90% of people listening right now are experiencing a drive mismatch. Um, whether they consider themselves a high drive or a low drive, 90% of them have a different drive than their spouse. And yep. um, so maybe walk someone through, um, you know, just first noticing it, if we're using the name it model, um, how can yes. they start to notice that and actually acknowledge it? Maybe walk them through those steps. We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. You know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Noticing it is listening to your emotions, listening to the frustration, feeling it's unfair if your partner doesn't want to have sex or listening mm-hmm. to the pressure you feel like, oh, it's already been three days. Mm-hmm. He wants it again. I mean, that, that, that mm-hmm. sense of pressure is we got to listen to our emotional signals because it's just our body communicating, giving yep. us information telling us the problem embedded in the problem is the solution. Yes. Mm. If you're feeling pressure, we need to do something with that pressure. Mm-hmm. So I think it has to start off with noticing and acknowledging your own inner world. And then we're going to go try to kind of 
communicate that with our partner. The merge is like putting the two together. If you're feeling, if Adam's the one feeling frustrated, it's okay if I use you two as an sure, example. Sure, absolutely. Hey, Adam wants to make love and, and Carissa, you've been up with the two kids and you're stressed out and you're not really in a mood, right? So here we go. This mm-hmm. one of you doing Typical. anything wrong, you're yeah. set up to miss each other. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so Adam has to notice his frustration okay. and you have to notice the pressure. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. You can come to each other and say, hey, listen, you know, you got to know your own world, but then you just want to put it in a bigger picture, which can you see the feedback loop in which they, you know, the more frustrated Adam you feel, the more Carissa pressure. yeah. pressured and feel she's doing it just for you, not for herself. The more mm-hmm. she does that, the more you're going to feel she's not really into it. Or she really don't want you. Or she's placating you more frustrated. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, yeah. this is the chicken or the egg. Yep. Right. Like, so you get a couple at that point where you're both nodding your heads. That's a good sign that you're, you're seeing a bigger picture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. Now it's about the, the embrace is about trying to like, how do we do that differently? Mm-hmm. Like, how would you feel, Adam, knowing Carissa has this, this pressure on her? Mm-hmm. Like, she's still trying to make you happy, even though she's not in, in a mood. That's a great sign of how much she's willing to love you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some really beautiful stuff in that. Her a willingness. Sometimes we can't show up with desire. All we can show up is with a willingness to engage. And hopefully our bodies will. And we know men yeah. start at zero to 100. And for women, it takes a lot longer. Sure. Right? So I think... Adam has to get more comfortable with like, this is, this is actually the best she's got right now. And that's good enough for me. Sure. That and she's showing up. That yeah. She's showing up and she's yeah. willing. And before you know it, she's going to get into it. You know what? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that would probably help you with, with some of that pressure. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The flip side of it is you kind of also bring in a little bit more awareness that it makes sense why he's frustrated if all he gets is you just showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So in one of those needs of a frustration, he wants to be desired. He wants to be seen. He wants to see your excitement. He wants good stuff. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it's normally get frustrated when you're not getting that good stuff. Uh-huh. So you're mission for his frustration say hey I'm, I'm sorry and you know maybe tonight we're just gonna go through the motions but next week <laughs> Sunday night eight o'clock kids go to bed you know you better be ready for me because I mean just given that sure. idea a week down the road yeah. gives him excitement for his brain to look forward to that that's good yeah that is yeah. so good good advice for any low drive person listening uh, lower drive than your spouse even if you don't consider yourself low drive oftentimes that's the woman but if you're listening and that's that's you where you're like, man, all I can do is just show up. That's good advice. Like give him something to look forward to. If all you're doing is just showing up, what can you do beyond showing up, even if it's not right now? Mm-hmm. And I think that from what you're saying, George, that's part of acknowledging and then merging into his world, merging into your spouse's world. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. now he's not going to be you know, seen as the bad guy because he's frustrated. That Anybody would feel that way. That permission mm-hmm. for the frustration is like a relief valve. Go, Psh, it just lets it out. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a lot easier for him to see you and say, hey, listen, you know, it's got to be hard when you're exhausted and your body, you don't have the testosterone that my body has. Right. It, it's not going to work so quick. Mm-hmm. And you'd rather go to sleep kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. it's amazing what that does to take pressure off of you. Mm-hmm. So the emerging part is really just showing empathy. That's what I was going to yep. say. Yeah. It's just it's just allowing that person to... I, I, half the times when we're listening to an argument between a couple, it's just them trying to 
really say the same things they've all been trying to say, but they never feel understood in that place. Mm-hmm. So if that person yeah. can just repeat back to them almost or like acknowledge, you're probably feeling frustrated here. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how you said it's like that, you know, pressure release. Just like, yeah, finally, you get it. Okay. Because you care for me. So maybe we could change this now. Mm-hmm. And you could go a little bit deeper. Okay. I mean, a little bit deeper is that more primary vulnerable emotion. Mm. Underneath the frustration is the hurt of rejection. Mm. Right? Underneath mm. the pressure for her is the sense that she's failing you and disappointing you. Mm. Right? Those things are not being shared. Mm. As couples learn to talk about that, like, you know, Adam, if you could turn towards her and say, you know, I, I, I am frustrated because, you know, I go to a bad place mm-hmm. that I start to think, you know, despite all I'm doing and all I'm trying to provide that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you don't want me. Yeah. Yep. That, that vulnerability tends to pull your partner closer, but it's risky. It is. Mm. It is. Yeah. But if you and don't the, risk it, you're not going to get close. And Chris, for you to be able to share like, wow, you know, I want to make you happy. Uh-huh. And if I show up in a way that's, you know, all I have is, you know, willingness, when I get messages, that's, that's still not enough. It's deflating. Yeah. You know, it makes me just want to just sleep for two days. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, you know, it's, it's the good news about that pain and that hurt is it, it, it really inspires our a partner who loves us to want to come closer. Mm. Yes. Mm. And I think if people could really understand that piece that yes, it's risky, but the reward is so worth it that your spouse will want to come closer, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. And you be ready for a little, but (laughs) you hear something, it's so easy to want to say, but if you would just like put more into it, you wouldn't feel so disappointed. And it's like, (laughs) if if I, if people listening, that's where you jump in. (laughs) Right. And you don't have me, you have this conversation. Like if your partner's risking, really try to keep your focus on them. It's not about you. We'll get to you a couple minutes later. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, just leave your heart open. Let it be impacted by yeah. your partner's risk. Yeah. Because if you just let it do its thing, it will respond beautifully. And that response is, is so healing for both people. Mm-hmm. It's not just a change event for the person who risks. It's amazing to be the one person on the planet who gets to show up for your partner in such a profound way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Because it... It is so difficult in that situation, like you're saying, to, to open up and share those. Like you said, the one level deeper, like normally people are just reacting to the other person's reactions and yeah. they know they have that emotional, like, I just feel frustrated when this happens. But to really identify, this is how it's affecting me in a, like, I have fear, you know, yeah. that I will never be enough for you. Or I have, like, to really go down to that, that those primary. primary emotions. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where that authenticity maybe comes into play where you could share from that depth. And I think, do you think that people are scared to say, to talk about these things um, because they've never went there before? Like it just stops them? I mean, the beautiful news here is that's our native language. There's not a baby born on this planet that doesn't know how to perfectly communicate all their emotions, mm. right? We learn not to. And I think as Christians, we have a beautiful example in Jesus on someone who's amazingly emotional. You know, he yeah. got angry, flipped tables, cried, was afraid. I mean, he had no problem expressing these emotions, right? right? right. But somehow a lot of us just grow up in families that are, you know, because 
parents didn't get it as little kids either. This thing just keeps getting passed mm. down that there's so much strength in hiding your emotions. And there is in certain environments, right? If you're going to conquer the frontier or you're going to war, you got to be able to turn off these feelings and that's yeah. really valuable. Mm. But when you have to turn off your feelings to the people you love, mm. it really does create a lot of distance. Yeah. I love that. So how would you recommend uh, couples do these conversations? I find that a lot of people try to become vulnerable right after they get mad at each other. Do you think that's a great time to to broach these new emotions and feelings or should we try to plan out that's what you're like going to say? A good withdrawal answer, man. Just, just give me a couple of hours to calm down. And just, George, like, you're half right. Yes, you are. You're half right. But for that person who's bleeding out that, you know, silence does really bad things, walking mm. away is not really reassuring. It's, it's actually traumatizing. Yeah. So how do we hold both of those truths? Mm-hmm. I think that's the struggle. That's, that's the redemptive part of these conversations. So I, my answer to that is, yeah, you can have this conversation two hours later, or you can learn how to have this conversation when it's happening. Okay. Both answers. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. Why not mix it up? That's yeah. good. That yeah. is good. Because sometimes when you are arguing, if you're, so it seems like one partner normally is more escalated than the other. Mm-hmm. And if that person that's, that is the listener can really take that listener role with empathy and not take it as personal, but seeing that their partner is hurt. Exactly. Then a lot can get done. A lot can get done. I teach escalated couples workshops all over the world. Mm -hmm. And when somebody's angry, the worst thing you could do is walk away or try to not listen to it. Right. If you can learn to just say, hey, Chris, I get you're really pissed off here because you want me to listen because it feels unfair. You want something to change. So that's why you're trying to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Got it. Makes sense. All right. I'm listening to you. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed how quickly, you know, that And I don't want to mm-hmm. make it sound easy because it's counterintuitive when your body wants to move away from it all. Mm-hmm. But we can learn new moves. At the end of the day, the definition of insanity is the same thing, expecting different results. Right. We need both people to do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So if you're not having good results in what you're doing right now, do something different. And that's what makes it hard because if one person does something differently, but the other does the old move, you fall right back into missing each other. Yeah. You need both people to do it differently. So, you know, Adam, if you try to hang in there with her anger and she's like, you're not getting it. Are you, why are you not listening? I mean, you, well, you got everything going on upstairs. Like uh-huh. you're gone. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, you yeah. know, you're really... If you validate her frustration and you get curious about what's underneath it, because you're right, there's always fear and pain. Mm. And Chris sees that and responds to her, then you're good to go. You're repaired. Yeah. yeah. But if she don't trust it and she just continues to fire away, mm-hmm. we're not having success. Adam should walk away because it's not working out. Not going anywhere. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's often when people do need a neutral third party. That's where someone like you comes into play. If they're not able to repair on their own or they're not taking cues that their partner's trying a new move um, and they just stick with the old moves. So um, that's... And that's why that book, True Connection, or different resources, it's just trying to provide structure because emotions are quick. And before you know it, if your partner's saying something that hurts, your body just wants to jump back and you can't do both at the same time. One person has to take a turn and express their world and the other partner needs to keep their focus on the person sharing. Yeah. Then after a while, you can switch, but you can't do it simultaneously. It's too hard to do. Mm. That's a really, really good tip. People need to keep that in mind for sure. 
when um when people decide that they're going to have this vulnerable or authentic conversation and they've noticed what their emotion is, they've acknowledged it, they started to merge and, and show empathy with their spouse. Um, t- walk us through the rest of the model. How do they then embrace, integrate, and show thanks? Yeah, the, the embrace is just a natural process of two people coming into connection, mm. right? The fear, the anger, the hurt should shift when your partner's loving you in this place. Mm. So I'm looking for that positive emotion. Mm. People feel calmer. They feel thankful. They feel gratitude. They mm-hmm. feel a sense of peace. They feel joy, light, you know, different words that people mm-hmm. describe mm-hmm. when they shift to a safer place, mm-hmm. right? When you are comforted, when you're reassured, your body will communicate just like it when it does with disconnection, it's going to give you signs of connection. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to empower people to put words to what actually connection feels like too. Mm-hmm. Don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And then it's not enough to just have this powerful experience. The integrators, you need to take that experience through the rest of your life, through the rest of the week. Like think yeah. about it again, talk about it again. Mm-hmm. We call attachment rituals. Like you've done this work to have this new vulnerable conversation, like check in with each other during the week. Attention is the oxygen of a relationship. You know, you have two little kids. If you don't have time to check in with each other before you know it, the lists take over the day and the distance creeps back in. So I want to see couples feel empowered, like, wait a second, you know, that morning coffee on Saturday mornings is our way of checking in with each other or Mm -hmm. or kiss goodnight or writing a letter. Like you need to put actions into holding on to these vulnerable conversations. Mm. That's good. So good. Yeah. I love it. Like you say, you know, talk about it. I've found, I was just, you know, thinking back a lot of successful couples, even if they get, do get into an argument, they bring it up in a, like, in a reflective way, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I could have done this better or, mm-hmm. and it's like a learning experience. So, cause, cause we all know, like when you talk about something after you learn something, you embed it, it's, exactly. it's embedded. So if you're talking about it, like, you know, I'm going to work on that. Then the gap between the stimulus and the response is widened. So when she does that thing again, or he does that thing again, there's maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more pause, like, oh, but that one time, Brilliant. So important. This is about getting reps in. You don't have a great golf swing on one shot. I mean, you need practice. We're no different than anybody else, right? Our Uh, marriage needs practice. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. You're a good human being if you golf. I I don't because I don't have the patience. You You just use golf as an example. Like that just turned turned my listener on. There you go. (laughs) So, um, You've already mentioned a couple of resources. Um, we have your um, podcast, which is called Four Play Radio. We will link that in the show notes. You co-host that with Lori Watson. And then the book by um, Peggy, what was the last name? Peggy Kleinplatz. Kleinplatz. Okay. And then we'll, we'll link that as well. What's Great the title? I, I think it's called Great Sex. Okay. Okay. Peggy Kleinplatz. Yeah. Any other books and that you could re- recommend? Like, yeah, a sacred stress is a book that I, I wrote talking about my 9/11 experience as a firefighter and how I came into this model and really helping couples try to have these conversations that are difficult. Most of us don't grow up, but you know, again, the good news is science and religious traditions are all saying exactly the same thing. There's something really powerful about vulnerability mm-hmm. and and kind of going to these places most of us want to avoid. Yes. 
Okay, so just because I think so many people can relate with your experience in that most of our listeners did go through 9-11 in some way, um, can we take a little two-minute detour and and just hear a brief summary of that experience as a firefighter and then moving into the therapist world? Yeah, I mean, it was a time like no other in my life where New York City Fire Department lost 343 firefighters, which to date is the largest single loss of emergency personnel in one moment. So I was down at ground zero. It was like being on another planet. And, you know, so many people I knew and and worked with. So, and the worst thing wasn't even the event. It was like the event never ended for the months afterwards and waiting for more attacks. And it, it was incredibly stressful event Mm. and as firefighters we don't get a lot of help knowing how to talk about these stressful events Mm. right we separate work from what happens at home but the problem is you know my wife's stressed out too and she can't talk to me because she don't want to make me feel worse and i can't talk about her so what do you think starts happening in my marriage Mm -hmm. no oxygen no oxygen and the Mm -hmm. distance creeps in so, you know, so much of what I do is what I kind of learned to do with my wife, you know, mm-hmm. what we call emotionally focused therapy. So wow. that's, uh, I would have never thought I'd be traveling the world talking about feelings. <laughs> it's not something that, you know, I, I grew up doing and sure. firehouse with, with guys here like, well, you, you, you're the, are you kidding me? I have people fooled, but you yeah. Know, yeah, most firefighters don't find themselves in that place. That's for or sure. First responders. First responders in yeah. general. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I was a police officer before I was a firefighter. Okay. And so much of the work I do now is with the military and, you know, different shapes, but all the same kind of operating system, which is we need that ability to turn off emotions. And we don't want to lose that ability. Right. This is all about just flexibility. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing when to turn it off and when to turn it on. Right. And just like the training that they undergo to perform their tasks and operate in that world, oftentimes they don't have that that same training in a very domestic world, which is exactly opposite of of what they're trained to do out there. Exactly. And I think it's our job. And that's why we're spreading this message that if you're going to get help to turn them off, you should get help to turn them back on. Mm. And I'm working with soldiers who are, you know, they're downrange, they're in combat. You can't get more emotionally engaged than they are. They're laughing, crying, fighting, doing everything with their, with their soldiers. The levels of engagement are huge. Mm. And then they get, go home and they're cut off from all those relationships in a, in a country that doesn't really get what they're doing. I mean, no wonder why they feel so disconnected. Right, right. So how not, how, wouldn't it make sense to help them put words to that disconnection yes. so they can communicate it to the people they love so they're not so isolated? We were not yeah. designed to deal with fear alone. Mm-hmm. And yet that's what's happening in disconnection. Right. And it's, it's scary not to have words for what's going on. You're lost. I mean, right? Like lost in a world that's all in, in internally. And, the, and that's not yeah. someone, somewhere that they've learned to navigate. Exactly. So, wow. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing. Ah, it's, it's impactful. I love, uh, I love your book here. Um, I read it and I was like, wow, I kept reading quotes, um, as we're going through like, this is so well said, listen to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then we are like, okay, we have to have you on and, and, uh, share your message. So thank you for what you're thank doing. You. Well, thank you. Another resource is created for connection. 
That's uh, Sue Johnson was her me my mentor and she wrote that book, which is great. And thank you. You're reaching people because again, you're trying to break the stigma. Mm -hmm. We're in this mess mm -hmm. together. Let's talk about it. Let's yes. help each other. Yes. Let's not hide behind these walls and pretend we're doing fine. And meanwhile, we're all struggling. Yes. Right. Yes. So good. Okay. So we got created for connection. We have your book on sacred stress. And then um, we have the great sex book by Peggy Kleinpet. Kleinplatz. I think I'm getting that wrong. But Kleinplatz. Yeah. Kleinplatz. Okay. So <laughs> common we'll, name. We'll link those in the show notes, and then uh, any other resources that you would recommend. Well, my website, Success and Vulnerability, is training therapists all over the world, which has been pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Excellent. So that as well. Is that EFT? That's EFT. Yeah. And it's for everyone else. Any any therapist. Any therapist. Okay. Yeah, but you do offer EFT therapist. training as well. I do. Yeah. Okay. Super. Um, and for uh, couples, maybe non-therapists, just couples, if they wanted to get in contact with more of your resources, where should we send them? They could just go to my georgefowler.com okay. or they can go on the president in New York center for emotionally focused therapy. So there's, you know, lots of resources out there and it, it's exciting time because although people don't want to talk about emotions. They can't deny the research and the science behind what's working now. Mm -hmm. So there's no arguing with, you know, we are, we are bonding creatures. If we don't bond in healthy ways, we will bond in unhealthy ways. And that's why, you know, there are so many addictions and, and, and things happening because people aren't getting the help they need in healthy ways. Right. Right. So well said. Ah, okay. Well, we have all those resources. Uh, we'll, we'll link them in the show notes. We're going to go ahead and transition to the end of the episode here. And we ask okay. all of our interviewees to uh, write a letter to a young married couple. So going back to the advice you wished you would have received in the first couple years of your marriage, and then you'll fill in the blank, dear young married couple. I don't, I'm not sure That's I okay. haven't thought this thing through, but there's something about feeling proud and, and affirming the, it is hard work a marriage, right? But, you know, if you, if you listen to the hard work, it's going to grow you. And I guess the encouragement I'd need to hear is it's not supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to struggle. And it's in the struggle that you're really going to find out the most about you. It's easy to be, to love when everything's going well, but we need love the most when it's not going well. And that idea of communication, that that doesn't mean it's broken because you need to communicate. That just means communication is the engine that runs this whole thing. If you want to get better, you want to get flexible like this, get excited about communication. That would be my big takeaway because I thought, <laughs> I don't want to have to communicate. This is going to be perfect. And now I realize, wait a second, I actually yeah. like communicating. Yeah. When you found out that it wasn't so bad when you did it. That's right. Wow. That's right. Thank you so much for the time you took today. It's such a such a blessing. Yes. Thank you so much. I know that so many couples will a receive a ton from this as we are receiving yeah. a ton from it. So thank you. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. 
No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.